Hello, hello, hello! I am your host, Stephen Radford, here with another episode of Nintendo Noise. I'm filling in for Pete, so I'm so sorry if you were expecting Pete's voice, but I am joined, as always, by the wonderful Chewy Weta. Hey, how's it going? And this week we're also joined by a special guest, Chewy's co-host from Haken, an Animal Crossing podcast. It's, it's, this is Miss Nina Chamberlain, aka Grizzly Crossing. Hey Nina, how are you? be here thank you for inviting me yeah no problem thank you for filling in for pete it's, it's gonna be great you know you're probably gonna be just as loud and energetic <laughs> and brash as pete is <laughs> also i want to i'm gonna throw pete under the bus here both of us have now officially been on more episodes of nintendo noise than him so he's gotta pick it pick up the slack yes yeah absolutely <laughs> does so i think true what that means is we can just have next week off and pete's gonna do the show on his own all by himself. Yeah, all by himself. Just being like... I wonder if he'll get tired, though. I don't think he will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he'll find new ways to argue with himself about things. He'll be like, hmm, no, I don't yeah. think that's quite right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get started, we've got a bunch of things to talk about this week. We're going to be talking, of course, about Game Boy games coming to Nintendo Switch Online. Um, but before we do that, I just need to say thank you so much to our Patreon producers for the month of September. They are Christopher Valenz, a.k.a. That Doc Guy, Zaid Eda, and Wakahula. Thank you so much for your support over on patreon.com slash flipscreengames. Uh, and if you sign up for the $1 a month tier, you'll get access to our exclusive podcast, One More Thing, where this week you'll hear all about Pete's basement just absolutely crumbling under the the rainfall in in philadelphia this week so it's has been flooded and he's been moved and it's a whole thing um but anyway he's on holiday relaxing so thankfully uh wow. he, he'll come back hopefully come back refreshed and and ready to take over the show again uh but if you want more of us and you you know you you, you don't want to support us on patreon or you can't support us on patreon that's absolutely fine we are also on twitch the three of us did a great Twitch stream of Splatoon 2 this week over on twitch.tv slash games. You can go and watch Chewie just completely, <laughs> absolutely destroying <laughs> Nina and I <laughs> at Splatoon 2. It's not good. No, it's not good <laughs> at all. Um, and then fi- finally, you know, you can find us everywhere on flipscreen.games and come and join our Discord. Send us questions to questions at flipscreen.games. Did I miss anything, Chewie? I think that's everything. I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's everything. Everything is there. We don't okay. shill as much as Pete does. No, we don't We don't <laughs> shill as much as Pete. So. What a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into the show. So the first thing we want to talk about this week, of course, is the Game Boy games and potentially Game Boy Color games coming to Switch Online. This first came from the Nate the Hate podcast. It was confirmed by Nintendo Live, later confirmed by Eurogamer. Uh, so I think we can kind of take this one to the bank. But I was curious, uh, knowing that both of you were were kind of Game Boy fans, maybe Nina less so, more GVA. But I'm curious as to finding out what your relationship with those consoles are. And then also uh, just like touching on what games we are excited to potentially come. And then maybe some features we want in that in that app and then, you know, possibly other platforms as well so i'm gonna hand it over to chewy because i know you've got a, a console <laughs> on hand that you can use as a prop uh but i'm oh, very, yeah, very yeah. curious as to to 
where you first started with the Game Boy. So this is not my first Game Boy, but I started with the original, like that big blocky one. I have no idea where that one is. I think one of my siblings has it because it was definitely like a console we passed around and, and just played Tetris. Tons and tons of Tetris <laughs> on it. Um, but yeah, I started with the original like big brick Game Boy. We had a Game Boy Pocket, which was just the smaller version. Yeah. It was a little green Game Boy Pocket. So my, yours, I know who has that one. Because my, my dad yeah. had one of those and still has one of those. He's even bought a little like stand from Etsy for it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a see-through one. It's, I absolutely love that console. Oh, the see-through flavors are the best. Yeah, I love the <laughs> see-through consoles. Yeah, I know. I know my sister has that one because she really liked the the green color for it. She was like a lime fan, but it was it was kind of a dark green, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and she probably took Tetris with it too because that's all she played really. Um, and then the Game Boy Color came out too. And funny enough, I have never in my life bought a Game Boy Color. My parents have never bought a Game Boy Color, but somehow I've had like three different ones, I want to say. <laughs> okay, where, where did uh, they come from then? Were they just like hand-me-downs to you or take, like friends gave them to you or something? I think some were like friends who got like both versions of Pokemon and another Game Boy so they could like play with somebody else. And they're like, oh, you need a Game Boy so you can play Pokemon? And I was like... Well, yeah, that'd be great. And they're like, here, you can use mine. My, wow. This is my other one. You can play this fo- a version of Pokemon. And then just like, you know, I kept it long enough so that they didn't remember that I had it. And so, I, I mean, they never asked for it back. And I was just like, I'm kind of attached to this thing now. This one in particular, though, I have no idea where this one came from. Sometime in college, I got my hands on this Game Boy, and I just, I have no idea who it was, who where it came from, but I was just like, this is an awesome one. It's the Pikachu and Togepi and Jigglypuff here. It's a Pokemon-themed really Game Boy. Uh, it's a little beat up, for sure. Mostly the back has, like, tape on it to keep the little battery cover on, Um and then also, same thing with, like, the copy of Pokemon Crystal that's in here. No idea where that came from. It was just in this <laughs> Game Boy Color. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I... So my story with it is, like, I grew up doing these really huge, long road trips into Mexico with my parents. And my mom's from Colima and my dad's from Michoacan. They're kind of neighboring states, but about halfway through the country. Very coastal. Um And so I would drive down there with them, and that would take about three days or so. So every trip, I was like, all right, I got to make sure I have my Game Boy and just a ton of batteries (laughs) because I'm going to, this is all I have to do for, I don't know, 36 hours or so in the car. So yeah, I remember I had. A lot of different Game Boys, um, especially like Game Boy Advances and things like that, and all the peripherals to make it so you can like see the screen at night. Because I was, I was like, say, <laughs> I don't really have any of the like worm lights or like things that went over the top, so you could actually see it on those car journeys. Or were you just like holding it against the window, just hoping for a little glimpse of sunlight so you can actually see it? Yeah. 
I mean, with my Game Boy Advance, I definitely had more. With the Game Boys, it was like once night hit, I was just like, oh, man, I'm so bored now. <laughs> I have nothing to do. Uh, sleep? Why? Why would I want to do that? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I I just really enjoyed those road trips. I have a lot of games that are kind of like attached to those memories of just me being in a car for hours and i i don't know if i could handle that now i probably i'd probably get a little bit more carsick from it but i think back then when i could it it was a good time good way to spend the time i'm the same as you i think i would get carsick now but i remember being in the back of my parents car and we would go camping or go to a caravan for our holidays most years and it would always be I would take my Game Boy. I had for my game my Game Boy Color was my first Game Boy. I, I did use my dad's Game Boy Pocket, but the Game Boy Color was my first Game Boy. And I had this giant Game Boy. It looked like a giant Game Boy that you put your Game Boy and all those games in. So I was like, ca- I would carry awesome. this thing around my shoulder. I would take it everywhere with me. Uh, you could like print. Or you could draw a picture in the screen. Had like a bit of plastic that came off. I think my dad printed me off a picture to put on it. He must have a photo of me somewhere <laughs> with this with this Game Boy case that I carried absolutely everywhere. And then I progressed onto the the GBA. And the GBA, I think, is the one that I have most affinity to and memory to, just because it's I don't know. It's around that time that I really got into gaming. So I'm from, I was born in '92. And I feel like that was around about the, you know I was what maybe ten when the when the mm-hmm. GBA came out. I think that was really when I got big into into gaming. But I've always been a bigger fan of handhelds than home consoles. I would say I think that's probably changed a little bit in the last few years as I've got my own place and settled down a little bit. But until then, it was it was always handhelds. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what about you, Nina? Like. Did you have uh, any Game Boys or anything when you were a kid? Yeah, so we, and I actually, I had to call my brothers to to really remember what we had because like you, my like first actual one that I saved up for was the Game Boy Advance SP. So it was like a little oh, square that, that could one. close. It was awesome. Those are still um, the best. They are. They're awesome. Um, but we also had the see-through purple pocket. And then my older mm. brother was saying he had a yellow one, but which I assume is the the Pikachu version. No, they did do just a yellow one. At oh, some okay, point good. As well. So the just original like yellow and gray. Like yeah, the original fat Game Boy came. Mm-hmm. I think it was in gray and yellow, and I think they were the only two colors you could get it in. And then they did the the Game Boy Pocket, which came in a bunch of colors. Like obviously, um, was it your sister had the green one, Joey? Yeah, yeah, the green. Gotcha. So we apparently had the yellow one, even though I have no memory of it whatsoever. He must have kept it to himself. But I do remember having the see-through purplish. It's like a purplish grayish color. Um, And we we were like always getting hand-me-downs from other kids in the neighborhood so like when the snes came out we got someone's nes and then when the 64 came out we got someone's snes so we're always a little bit behind with (laughs) the games and things but um i do remember saving up for the sp that was amazing oh that's so cool yeah the the sp i think is the best of the all of the game boys including like Mm -hmm. i know some people really love the game boy micro but i just think it's a little bit too small even though the screen on that is gorgeous however mm-hmm. my, i would say my favorite way to play game boy advance games was on the ds Lite. 
that screen was so good mm. and you just slot yeah. the game in the bottom but it didn't play any other game boy games so you couldn't play like your original <laughs> game boy games or your game boy color games they they didn't work it was only uh, game boy advance games but uh you know i still think it was it was the best way to play gba games and i've got a couple pink. game boy advances on me the the Ooh. blue has gotten to the point where it's like yellow now oh, like the back blue? is fine oh my god yeah this is what it used to look i have no idea where i left it it was just <laughs> like in a closet for so long it must have been heat I, or something or I, I, yeah yeah so i it's also got like the wireless adapter that came with pokemon fire red and leaf green so you, they were playing with the wireless there this one the screen's popping off a little. This was my brother's. I'm, I'm actually going to get both of these repaired by a friend and get them slightly modded to have, like, the backlit screens That's and cool, stuff. Yeah. So The black one yeah. was the first one that had the updated screen as well. I remember they did one with, like, a higher contrast because my brother got the black one and the screen was noticeably better, like, less washed wow. out than oh, the other one. Um, but then when you got the SP and there was a light on the thing, it was, like, Wow, we've suffered through not having a backlight <laughs> for uh, over a decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited to get both of these modded and kind of get them semi back up to date. Where are you sending them <laughs> off to someone to, to do it? So where I moved, I actually have a friend here who got into modding Game Boy Advances specifically. Um, maybe he mods other things, but he sent me a message one day and he was like, hey, are you interested in the Game Boy Advance? And I was like, I don't yes. know, maybe. And then he showed me what he, he had going on. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you, they're like awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I've got these old shells here that could use some fixing. So I'm, I'm going to have him work on them. Oh, exciting. I'm, I'm pretty jealous over here. <laughs> You're going to have to uh, hook Pete up with uh, custom Game Boy Advance because he's been talking about getting one. Oh, yeah. Ever since I've I've known him, he's been talking about getting a, a Game Boy Advance customized. Um, but he's mm -hmm. he's never done it. So as soon as he sees yours, I know he's going to get that FOMO and he's going to want to get a, uh, a customized Game Boy Advance. Yep. Uh, I I don't know. I've been waiting a while to do it because at first I was like, "Oh man, is it kind of expensive?" And but I don't know. It's like a hundred bucks or so for mm -hmm. for it to be done, which uh, for something that's like basically dead on me, I'm like, "Oh, I could bring it back to life and play this collection of games that I really loved when I was on road trips." So maybe it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, do I you think still it... have all the games. Um. No, uh, oh. I think my brother has some, I have a few of them. So, you know, it's the age of childhood where you're sharing everything. So things yeah. just get like parsed off to some other place. And those cardboard boxes, I mean, oh my God, those cardboard oh, yeah. boxes just got squished. I've still got yeah. my WarioWare 4 <laughs> box from the GPA and it's like the only one I've got left and it's just flat. There's, no, there's nothing oh. left to it. It's really, really sad. <laughs> I have one box, uh, uh, one GBA box that's like in good condition, and it's Final Fantasy Tactics. I don't know how it stayed in the con condition it's in, but it's it's on my shelf. <laughs> okay, so I think then we should probably move into some of the games we're really excited to come to the Switch Online. Now, I will preface and say these are the games we wish will come to. Nintendo Switch Online, because having looked at the Nintendo Switch Online lineup for NES and SNES, I think it's very unlikely that all of these are coming. 
most <laughs> of mine probably aren't going to make it because uh, they're licensed games and they mm. don't seem to have a great um, great track record of showing up. Um, but we'll kind of, I guess we'll go round and kind of discuss, uh, talk a little bit about what our favourite games were and um, and touch on a couple of them. Maybe we'll do like one game at a time. Um, so I'm going to throw Is it? Oh, what we can is it pretty safe to assume like it's probably going to be both like Game Boy and Game Boy Color because yes. I feel like they shared so many games between both systems. Yeah, so we did actually have a question about that. Um, from so I can pull it out of the question block, um, and the the question is: Is Game Boy Color considered its own generation of console, or is it just an updated Game Boy? Uh, and um, let me find out who sent that one, and I can't remember off the top of my head. That was from Asobi, sorry. Um, so, yeah, is Game Boy Color a new generation of handheld consoles, or was it just a revision of the original Game Boy? Because as you said, Chewie, they shared so much hardware between the, between the consoles, there was very slight changes, and obviously that better screen, the color screen that the Game Boy uh, Color had. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, what, what do you consider it? Do you consider it a, a whole new generation? I feel like it's it's maybe just like the ultimate or next best version of what came before. I think that era of Nintendo really screams that to me, where it had all the backwards compatibility. So even if you upgraded to this new system, you could play all your old Game Boy games. And I don't think they really got left behind until it kind of went into the Game Boy Advance, especially like the SP when you started having the backlit screens and everything. But even those Game Boys were like, yeah, you can still play all these Game Boy games. And that continued on into the DS. And I don't know, it, I guess it gets like you can keep adding incrementally. So it's hard to tell mm-hmm. when did this change? When did this become something new? To me, I'd say I consider it pretty closely tied with the Game Boy. Like mm-hmm. the Game Boy Color and Game Boy are like hand in hand to me. Uh, yeah. Especially when you consider those like black cartridges that worked both mm-hmm. on the Game Boy yeah. and the Game Boy Color, like the DX version of Link's Awakening. It was yeah. technically a Game Boy Color game because it had the the rich color palette, but you could play it on the Game Boy if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really when you step the cartridges into a new direction, then it's a new console generation or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think the Game Boy Advance is just kind of like, you know, the one point five or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean I, yeah i definitely agree with you about the game the game boy color because there's so few dedicated like game boy color cartridges that came on those like see-through yeah those see-through cartridges with the bulb at the top mm-hmm. and i think it's probably most comparable to say the new 3ds like is it technically a new generation the new 3ds because there's a few games that can only work on the new 3DS, but there's very few. Most of them work between all of the consoles. I think it's probably just like that pro model, you know, the mid-generation yeah. refresh that we've come to expect now that just happened back then. And it was kind of a stepping stone to get to the Game Boy Advance, which I consider the next generation. It very much feels like going from the NES to the SNES. We went from like 8-bit to 16-bit, going from mm-hmm. the Game Boy to the Game Boy Color then to the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And that also reminds me the of the GameCube, like Game Boy player adapter thing that you mm-hmm. could <laughs> stick on it to. Was that just 
it was that all the Game Boy games or just like Advance? I don't remember. It, I, I never think, got one. I think it played all of them. My brother has one on his Game Boy, which is at my parents' house, and I keep meaning to try and steal it. I keep, every time I go, I'm, I'm jealous. Just like, I need to take this and just have this, <laughs> but I'm never going to yeah. get away with it. Because if you can get a Game Boy player with that disc, because the disc always goes <laughs> missing, it's worth a lot of money. Yeah, that's the thing. Because uh, I looked into it and I was like, oh man, the adapter thing is so cheap. Oh wait, you need this disc to it and it's nowhere to be found? <laughs> well, I'm out. <laughs> I'm fairly certain my parents have the disc at their house as well. So it's, it's got to be somewhere. Um, but that mm-hmm. wasn't the first time you could play Game Boy games on uh, on a home console. You could get the Super Game Boy for the SNES, which basically had an entire Game Boy in the cartridge, and you put it in. And it even had some extra frames around it. So I've got some uh, I've got some footage on the the YouTube version of um, Alleyway playing on on the, a Super Game Boy, and it has this like frame around it. You get an enhanced color palette, so you've got these color features on the Super Game Boy before the the Game Boy Color even existed. So they, they obviously had oh. this plan um, in place like long before the, the Game Boy Color came out that they were going to do this like color version. Yeah. That's really cool. That makes me think, like, people need to, like, study up on some of these Nintendo things because we always say, like, oh, they're so slow on stuff. And I'm like, yeah, they're slow. But we kind of see these changes happening over time, kind of incrementally. And you can see it just, like, throughout their history. They're always like, we're playing with this. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) What other examples of that do you, like, spring to mind? I guess I think of it a lot in terms of discussions around... I guess what people are feeling now with like ports and like remakes and that sort of thing, especially with like Nintendo, but Nintendo specifically like DLC, like how they're kind of handling that right now. And I don't know, I feel you just look kind of back at what they've done before, where it's like Animal Crossing has had four different versions, like that N64 game, the three different GameCube games. And I'm just like, there's like little changes here and there. Now they're implementing it into how they're doing it live in New Horizons. I don't know. There are little things here and there where I'm just like, Nintendo plays with stuff constantly and we never know when it's going to happen. It just happens. (laughs) Yeah. So do you feel like it's, oh, sorry. Do you feel like it's their way of um, like, testing the waters kind of and seeing how people are going to react and how the games are going to react and then pushing forward from there. Yeah, for sure. You know what? A better example, kind of every single new system they launch, they're like, Oh, we're not dropping the last system. It's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. The 3ds is dead and it's been dead long before they've, they haven't even acknowledged it. (laughs) Uh, But well, yeah, yeah they, like they, every they did that. They did that with the same thing with the Game Boy to the DS transition. It was, oh no, this is mm-hmm. coming al- alongside the Game Boy. We're also re- uh, releasing a new console, a Game Boy Micro. <laughs> and they did the same thing with the 3DS. It was like, oh, but the 2DS XL's coming out. So, you know, we've not given up on the 3DS family of consoles. It's a very strange thing that they do. It's sort of like they're dipping their toes in. They're not quite sure mm-hmm. if what they're doing is going to work. So they want this backup yeah. plan. 
Yeah, and really relevantly, I feel like that's what's happening with like the OLED switch that comes out next month. It's、oh. like here's this like new switch that's got this better screen. We're not quite ready to go 4K and everything with the switch, but maybe that's happening. You know, all of these things feel like little steps toward those、yeah. those next consoles. Okay, right. Let's dip into some games. So, Nina, as our guest, I want to hand over to you first.、Um, so, you've got some like cracking, cracking games on your list that I know people consider to be some of the best <laughs> on the system. So,、uh, do you want to walk us through some of your favorites? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to lump these first two together, if that's all right. But yeah, because I think that they're already on Switch Online. So this is this is kind of like the muck that you have to walk through with Switch Online. Is so many of these games have been redone by Nintendo that it, even if they're a Game Boy game, if they ever got an update and put on a different system, they could possibly be on <laughs> Nintendo Online already. So the first two on my list, Super Mario Land and Kirby's Dream Land, are on Nintendo Online. <laughs> so it may not be the exact Game Boy version, but there is a version of there of it on there.、Mm-hmm. Um, and these were kind of like the heavy hitters. So like, of course, me and my brothers had these two because every I feel like everybody had these two. So it's like there was such a plethora of these games around that somehow we got our whole a whole our hands. On on them from friends or neighbors or whoever who who had finished it. And have you played the games on Switch Online? And do they feel like the same game to you, or would would it be when you turn on the the Game Boy version and you get that like chip tune and it very much is like your nostalgia is for that version of the game? Hmm. Well, okay. So I haven't played these on Nintendo Online yet, but I one of my all time favorite games. Um, it's Donkey Kong Country 2: Diddy Kong's Quest, and I have played through most of it on Nintendo Online, and it doesn't feel the same to me. I don't know if it's because like somehow the controls are different, or like if the little character slides just a couple pixels more than normal, or I don't know. It just something about it doesn't feel exactly the same to me. So. It almost makes me just want to go back and play him on the systems. Like Chewie's still got all his old ones. Wow. <laughs> a lot of people might consider the, that the only way to play these games, and the emulation just never hits the spot. You know, I know a bunch of people、mm-hmm. that even have C- CRTs still hooked up because they feel that you just can't emulate the way it looks properly on an LCD display. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. I don't. I. It's hard to put your finger on it, and it. And it might be the display, it might be the controls, or the—I don't know. Sometimes the music sounds just a little bit different.、Um, but you know, at least we're trying. It, it <laughs> could be—it could be that there is like a slight delay with the inputs too.、Mm. Um, there is like the frame perfect feature on those, but even then, it's like it's not perfect. You're lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> And you've got that muscle memory in your hands. You know how to beat these levels like perfectly <laughs> because that's what you did over and over and over as a child. So as、mm-hmm. soon as you start in again, and you fall down a hole, you never fall down, or you miss a jump, or whatever, or or a I don't know, crocodile comes in a little bit later than it should. It just feels I don't know. It feels like a dream almost. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a 
it feels a little bit like a rip-off version. You know, it's not yeah. quite, it's not quite right. Yeah. It's, it's almost there. It's like the uncanny valley, like you're yes. 99% there, but then this one thing just doesn't feel right. <laughs> it's almost as if, you know, Mario jumped and like the physics was off. He wasn't, yes. you know, he wasn't, he didn't like have the same sense of gravity that he has. You would know instantly that something felt wrong and it didn't feel like a Mario mm-hmm. game. And I think that's, you can definitely... Uh, you you can definitely understand that if you ever played like a a wonky clone or something like that. <laughs> How can you compete? It's tricky. What about you, Chewie? What's uh what's some of the top ones on your list? Um, so this one is I don't think it was on any other consoles outside of the Game Boy. Uh, so I, I have to mention it, and I spent so long playing this game. But it's called Motocross Maniacs or Motocross Maniacs. I always put an extra R in the middle there. <laughs> um, this game, I remember so many people talking about what's the uh, Excite Bike and stuff, and I was like, yeah, What, what are you guys so talking about? It's like a Excite Bike. It really does. It, I was like, what, what game are you guys talking about? It's Motocross Maniacs. Uh, you, your title's all wrong here. It took me years before I found out they were actually just different games. <laughs> but, but Motocross Maniacs, what I liked about it is just like, it's, I forget, something like nine or so different stages or courses, and they all have different little challenges, like speed times to get. And they were really interesting um, they had all these weird jumps and loops hanging in midair and all sorts of things. But I would play that game so long in the car, just trying to get as high as possible in the levels. And I was basically just competing with myself <laughs> the whole time. But it it was a game where, I don't know, this happens with a lot of like kind of older arcade era games where they're very difficult because... You know, a lot of the game design at first was really just meant to eat your quarters. But mm-hmm. this one, it, it shared that aspect. But like after a while, I was like, oh, okay, I understand how this works. And it just felt really good getting better and better at the game. I was just like, man, I remember when I couldn't even land a jump in this thing. And now I'm just like, look at me. He's <laughs> just eating your double A's instead. Oh, yeah, for sure. I went through so many. <laughs> you know, the game that reminds me of, um, which I haven't put on my list, but um, it's. did you guys ever, ever play Wave Race on the yes. game? Yes. No, not Everyone on the game. played it on those, no. Or on N64? Yeah, on N64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had, oh, oh, well, my dad had Wave Race on the original Game Boy, the Game Boy Pocket, and uh, I loved I loved that game. It was so good. Um, and again, it's that like black and white 8-bit, you know, just racing on water. It's like barely looks like water. <laughs> but <laughs> And the noise, the sound, it's just this the terrible hissing noise because it's just meant to replicate water coming out of the out of the speaker. And it's obviously not got much to do, do it with. Uh, but I loved that game. I thought it was great. That's awesome. So next on your list, too, you've got Bubble Bobble. Yeah, Bubble Bobble. This is one that I played more in, like, arcades. One thing that I really liked about those trips to Mexico was there was still, like, a pretty large arcade culture there. And so a lot of the times I'd find myself just... There was one literally on the corner of the block where my uncles lived. So I'd be there all the time. And Bubble Bobble was a big one for me there. The Game Boy one looks 
<laughs> it looks seizure inducing. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, with all the bubbles and stuff, it's just kind of a funny effect they have to make it look like a bubble, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I liked those games. It was kind of like, I don't know, I, I think these games have different um, names in the UK. Uh, here it's called Super Bust a Move, but I think over there it's called like Puzzle Bobble, mm-hmm. where it was basically those ones where you shoot the balloon bubbles up and they match the colors, and once oh. you get like four, they'd all break and knock things down. It's those two characters, Bub and Bob, and it's more of a platformer type of game. So you just kind of like go through these courses, you blow bubbles, the enemies get caught run into them and they pop and die <laughs> it's it's re- it's cute but yeah that, that was basically that game and it, it kind of came back recently with um the switch there's a new bubble bobble game on there and i think they have like the classic arcade version of it on that too i, I haven't bought it yet but i've been tempted to pick it up and the classic arcade one is a platformer like this as well or is it the the puzzle yeah. one Okay. Yeah, it, it's not the puzzle bobble. It's more like this platformer bubble bobble. It gets confusing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, so one of the ones on mine, which is probably a very strange one. Um, I don't know if either of you are a fan of James Bond. Yeah. I, yeah. I might have seen all of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so there was there was a James Bond game on um, on the original Game Boy, it was called 007 James Bond, and you're on this mission, and it is like a Zelda game, but you oh. play as James Bond, and you're walking around in this action RPG, and you're talking to people, and you're doing all sorts of stuff. There's a point when you you go to all sorts of different places. At one point, you end up in Marrakesh, and you're playing in the casino, and you've got to beat someone at Baccarat, and I never got past that point as a kid. Because I did not know how to play Baccarat, and I still don't know how to play Baccarat. I've never gone back and finished this game. <laughs> but I remember walking around so many times, just wandering around, wondering what to do. And I feel like if this game came to Switch, I would finish it, and I would be able to read a walkthrough and, and finally finish this game. Because it, it it was so fun to play this style and this format of game, these like top-down RPGs, that's mm-hmm. using a non-fantasy setting and theme. Like, you're a spy, you're in the modern day, it's not the traditional, like, oh, here's a sword, and you need this, and the other. You've got a gun, and you're shooting people, or you're beating them up, you know? <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. James Bond, and you've got these gadgets and things, and it's it's a really fun idea for a game, because when you think of Zelda, what do you do? You go through all these dungeons, you get new items, and that gives you new skills. Well, in James James Bond, you get new gadgets, and they give you new skills. Like you get the watch, which essentially is like uh, uh, the, the hookshot, you know, because it shoots out cable mm-hmm. from his watch and things like that. So it's it, it, it works. It doesn't sound like it should work, but it, it works, and it, it, it was a really good game. That, that sounds like a... That that also sounds like a cool blend because you just don't see too many like top down shooters like that either. Yeah, like, both both worlds are blending in a way that you don't see them, <laughs> and that that has me really interested because I I've always really liked things like Robotron where it's just like top down shooter, but it's massive amounts of enemies and also designed to steal all your quarters. So it's difficult, <laughs> but something like that seems like, Oh, this seems like an actual digestible game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you ever play hotline Miami? Jerry? 
you know what? I didn't. But the, it, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. And I was like, why haven't I played this? This yeah, seems cool. I feel like you would like it if you like that. It's amazing. I mean, when I think of 007 games, I just think of that one. What was it? N64 where you're, it's like all the hallways. And oh, it's Goldeneye? Like, Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. Where like yeah. I would always accidentally like karate chop someone when I'm trying <laughs> to shoot one. I was terrible <laughs> at that game. <laughs> so top down sounds like way more fun, actually. Yeah, I, I go back and play Goldeneye and I just can't play it because <laughs> the main thing that gets me is the inverted Y axis and I just can't yeah. do it. I just can't do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're in you're in the same camp as, as me then? Both of you, like, you are not inverting anything when you play games? Mm-mm. I'm just kind of bad at first-person shooters. <laughs> what? Says the Splatoon player in the 100s. That's third-person. Oh, I I well, I guess true. that's third-person, but it's also kind of like, I need motion controls at this point. I can't do, like, twin sticks. I can't do okay. whatever the N64 did before. I don't know how people could control that anymore <laughs> <laughs> i'm so i'd be so curious to see you play doom on the switch which is first person but has motion controls so you can just aim with gyro oh. i think you'd probably mm-hmm. be pretty good at it i might give it a go yeah <laughs> so nina um let's get back to to your list you've got some other games that are on the game boy and then we'll touch on games from other platforms that we hope will come to to switch online as well um, sounds good so pipe dream isn't something i've heard of but when i saw the f- <laughs> when i saw the footage mm-hmm. i was like i'm sure i've played this or something similar to this okay because it was also it came installed like with windows so it was not only on game boy but it was also like just on computers at that time um which it's so much fun it's like a weird take on tetris and um, you've got to, like, move. You get, like, these pipe sections given to you. And sometimes it's, like, a T section or a cross section or just a straight bar. And you have to try and get, like, the water from one part of the screen to another. It looks strangely like Minesweeper. But it's just, like, this really fun little puzzle game that almost reminds me kind of of, like, mobile games nowadays. Where it's yeah. just, like, mindless fun. I guess Tetris is in that is in that category too, but this game <laughs> was so simple and so perfect for the Game Boy that like I can remember playing games like this during swim meets, like in between like my turn to go race other children. <laughs> and this is what you just played to waste time. It was awesome. Oh, that's so fun. So I I don't know if you've seen this game, Chewy, but have you ever played Bioshock, and it's like it very much reminds me of the hacking puzzle in Bioshock. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I I remember watching you play that. I think you streamed it, and I was like, oh, I kind of like these little pipe puzzle things that are going on. And that was exactly what it was reminding me of. I'm watching the footage now too. This uh, this is a game I would definitely be too obsessed with. Yeah, that's the problem <laughs> with it. So, Stephen, do you think that you recognize it from? Like Microsoft or yeah, or from is Windows. Just something? Yeah, okay. There was another one on on Windows, which was you push a load of blocks around, and you had to get the person out of the room by pushing these blocks. Um, I can't remember what that was called, but I adored that game. Chips challenge. 
Yes, it was. I loved, absolutely loved that game. And I, had I did some, too. <laughs> I had something similar to it on GPA called Denki Blocks, um, which was like you move blocks and uh, you, you move the blocks and you get like you finish the puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. I loved that game as well. I hope that comes to Switch Online as GPA. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I feel like Chip's Challenge got me ready for um, Pokemon... <laughs> Um, gym puzzles where like especially the ice puzzles where you have to like slide and hit blocks and make it into a certain spot I was like oh I've got this I've done this since <laughs> I was a child <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> do you want me to keep going on the list or are we going to switch out uh, let's switch out because you've only got two left on yours I'll talk about mm-hmm. Road Rash have either of you played Road Rash no so this this is a motorbike game, and it's been on basically every platform ever. And this was great on the the Game Boy. You would you basically race down a road, and you're doing like illegal street racing on motorbikes, and you can like punch people off. I had it on Windows as well. <laughs> it was so good. And then you would fall off your bike, and you'd have to run to go get your bike again. The problem I had with this game. Only works on the original Game Boy. It's one of the very, very few games Uh. that is not compatible with Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, or on the DS. You can only Mm -hmm. play it on an original Game Boy. So the only time we can play this game is on my dad's Game Boy Pocket. And we're not going to go back and do that. So if this comes to Switch, (laughs) I will be very happy because I'll be able to play this game for the first time in about 20 years. Because I haven't played it since I played on my my dad's Game Boy Pocket back in like 2000. So I'm very much hoping that Road Rash comes to comes to Switch. Their little arms sticking out to punch yeah. people is great. I love oh, it's it. So funny, yeah. <laughs> and you have to like avoid the cars, and there's like yeah. no detail whatsoever. You, the mountains in the background never get any closer. You never manage <laughs> to get there. <laughs> I love the side view mirrors that they've got on the bottom half. That's incredible. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a really, it's really cool, right? And like the speed yeah. and um, the it's the punching bit. The punching was was just so funny when you just punch people off. It's vicious, truly vicious. But when <laughs> the when the computer does it to you, it's just like, oh, are you joking? That's incredible. <laughs> I need to play this. I would have loved this. I was a big like pole position fan, so this gives me those vibes for sure. Yeah, EA still owns the rights to this game. So EA should make a new Road Rash at some point as well because I love Road Rash. It's a great game. <laughs> I'm very curious, Chewy, about the next one on your list. Uh, okay. I, I never had this. And is this going to work on the on the Switch? There's going to need to be some serious like emulation you know, stuff, right? I thought about it for a second, and I think it might. So this game is Kirby Tilt and Tumble, and basically what was really unique about it, um, I used to play it a lot more on my Game Boy Advance, I think, but you would put the cartridge in, and the cartridge had kind of like a gyroscopic thing, so you can actually move the game, and it would tilt Kirby in a direction. So you'd tilt forward, Kirby would be rolling that way, you'd tilt back... And that was basically how you controlled the entire game. You would take Kirby, tilt your Game Boy, (laughs) and move it around. And that game was so much fun. It was really difficult um, because, you know, not much motion controls in that era of gaming. Yeah, I'm blown away. 
Honestly, though, like, you know, all of the Switch controllers have gyro, at least like the Nintendo one. So I'm like, I think it might be able to work. And I I guess I debate with myself whether it'll be better or not, just because, you know, part of tilting your whole Game Boy is like, you got to move with it and to look at the screen, <laughs> keep yeah. checking it out. Um, so there's that part. But I'm like, well, is that better? Or would it just like a stationary screen be better for this? Or I don't know. So I'd be interested to see what would happen. So it sounds that. like it's a little bit like the uh, the motion puzzles in Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. We played this game. It was just inside of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah. And I <laughs> absolutely sucked at those puzzles. Every time I saw that little <laughs> sphere thing, I was like, oh, no, I really don't want to do this. Can like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to come back to this shrine later. I cheated <laughs> on one of the puzzles. I flipped the controller upside down and mm-hmm. I put the ball on the back so I didn't have to go through the marble run. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with you, though, that I, but I kind of feel that this game would work best with the stationary screen and the just moving the controller so you can always see the screen and you can better adjust. I don't know. What do you mm-hmm. think, Nina? Did you play those those puzzles on Breath of the Wild? And uh, <laughs> were you? Uh, would you think you would be better off holding the console or moving the controller? They were honestly my least favorite part of <laughs> Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, and I feel like if I was playing handheld, then I if and I saw that puzzle was coming up, then I would switch. Um, you know, to console for, for it, because you, it's too, it was too, like, again, you're like upside down on the couch trying to figure out how to get that ball into the right spot. Mm-hmm. I um, honestly had no clue that the Game Boy could do that. I, yeah. This, my this mind one, is blown. It, it was specifically like a Game Boy Color game. Okay. It was a, a nice bright pink cartridge, see-through and everything. I, I still have it somewhere. I don't know. Um, but I, I also think, like, the Breath of the Wild ones are difficult. I found them very difficult mm-hmm. to do and control and everything. But I think it was also because there's kind of, like, you're looking at a platform within the game. So it's, like, it, it feels different in Kirby, Tilt, and Tumble because your whole world is that. So it doesn't feel like there's a disconnect that makes it harder to envision how you're going to move the platform. So for me, it worked better in Kirby than it did in Zelda. That's really cool. I, I, I'm, wow. <laughs> I, I, also I, I had a lot of fun with it. I wonder if the console size has something to do as well, because telling Maybe. a tiny little Game Boy mm-hmm. is going to be a lot easier than a slab that the Nintendo yeah. Switch is. So I wonder <laughs> if that has a factor yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah and, and I'm realizing like we could try both versions like just play with your joy con and handheld and mm-hmm. you know see how it tilts like that and then just put it on your tv and see what you like better <laughs> <laughs> they've got to add this it's amazing i would love it if they did so before i throw it back over to you nina i want to touch on one of mine which i feel like is a little bit of a cheat and i kind of want to check with you too <laughs> if it is a cheat which is I've got some cheats coming up. Okay. <laughs> game and Watch Gallery three, because while it is a game on the um, on the uh, Game Boy, it's really a collection of a bunch of old games, and I can't decide if I want on say like an anniversary of the Game and Watch just a Game and Watch app 
on there rather than it being a like a ROM within the Game Boy app whether I just want to be able to go I want to play Game & Watch and then I open up Chef and it's either the modern version of Chef or the retro version of Chef these look so cute I want it to count <laughs> yeah I, I loved I loved these games I spent more time on this and I think it's because of like you were saying Nina the the whole simple casual like a mobile game like Pipe Dream it's mm-hmm. just something you open up and it just kills like 10, 15 minutes while you're waiting for the bus or you're waiting for, you know, the next class or something. Um, mm-hmm. Those those are the best kind of like small handheld games in my eyes. That's how I most enjoy like little handheld games and, and mobile yeah. gaming has totally taken that over. <laughs> These are cute. Yeah, so I'm looking at it and how did it control? Like, uh, how did it translate from like a game and watch to a Game Boy? Mm. So it would depend on the game, um, but most of them. So most of them will either let you use the D-pad or the A and B buttons, uh, because mm-hmm. the, some Game and Watch had a D-pad. Um, is actually where the, the D-pad was invented for, and some only had A and B buttons. And obviously, the ones with the A and B buttons, some of them, the A and B buttons was just like a left and right. So on Chef, you would like move it from your left hand to your right hand. So you could either press A and A and B to swap from like your left hand to your right hand, or you could use mm-hmm. the D-pad to do the same thing. But each game gave you like a you would go into the game. And it would have like a, a little instruction set as to how you play this game, what you've got to do. And you could choose between like the modern version or the classic version, which were the classic version was just like the, like I don't know, one bit black and white. It's either on or off state, you know, um, because it t- was actually on like a calculator screen originally on the on the Game & Watch. And then they remade all of these for the Game & Watch gallery games. There's a bunch of Game & Watch Gallery games. Uh, I've got the one on the Game Boy Color, and I've got a wa- I've got one on the Game Boy Advance. But they did DS versions of these games, but they were exclusively My Nintendo Rewards or Club Nintendo oh. Rewards back then. Oh. And they are impossible to find. Like if you can find one, um, it's it's not cheap. So I love the I love the Game and Watch games, and I, I really hope if we don't get them on Game Boy Color, Game Boy Color or Game Boy when they come over, that we eventually get them as their own collection because the Game and Watch games deserve to be preserved because they're really really fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Especially like they could also just bring it back, bring your Game and Watch with the Game and Watch collection on there. That'd be awesome. Oh, like a mini Game and cool. Watch. That would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got the Zelda one coming out soon. We had that Mario one recently. So neither of which had original Game & Watch games, which is what's so mm-hmm. wild to me. I would love some of the original ones. Like Chef for me is my favorite. I really would love an original copy of Chef as the Game <laughs> & Watch. I loved that game. Yeah, that's cool. These are all so cute. Tamagotchi just came out with a watch, <laughs> so maybe Nintendo will. <laughs> so cool. So, Nina, you've got one of my, well, the original, the original Atari game is one of my all-time favorite games. This next on your list. Oh, really? Yeah. I Paperboy? Loved this game. Yeah, I loved Paperboy. It was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. So, I think that we had Paperboy 2, if I'm remembering correctly. And we also had this on the SNES later too, which always scared me because there were like zombies and things. Really? But 
paper. Yeah, it got it got dark pretty quick once it was on the SNES. Um, there's like vampire homes and graves and stuff too. But Paperboy, this this one was good too. But it was like you were saying earlier with um, the James Bond. Like there was a point in this game when I was little where I just couldn't get any further. Yeah. So I could play like the first few um the first few levels or neighborhoods and then and then I just had to stop. Which is a little <laughs> sad. I think about kids nowadays doing the same things. I wonder which games and like how far they get on it. But oh, Paperboy was so good. I loved it. And I mean, we were like bike kids growing up. We were always on our bikes. And and riding around the neighborhood and stuff. So this was just like, you know, more bike fun, which mm-hmm. is the best. <laughs> and you got to throw newspapers through people's windows, which was always always really fun. Yeah, this that's why I think this one had so much like replayability because you could try and get them in the mailboxes and be a good paper. Just wasn't as much fun. No, there's like, no one near as much fun. Out. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely had no idea this was on Game Boy. I really hope this comes to to Switch Online because I I mean I don't know if this is available because I think there are some Atari games like on there. I had Paperboy as part of a PlayStation One Atari mm. collection, which was the original Paperboy arcade game along with Gauntlet and a bunch of other games. But Gauntlet and Paperboy were the two that me, my brother, and my sister always played when we were kids. I love Paperboy. It's it's a fantastic game. So I looked it up. I didn't see it, but I'm I'm hoping that if they do add it, they could also add the SNES one because it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the SNES app there, and they keep adding the worst games. <laughs> they could add Paperboy, and everyone would be happy. Yeah. I think I'm getting to the point where I wouldn't mind if they just charged for some of the games. Like, some of the mm. games I really want, if you can't bring them over for free, just make us pay, like, 99 pence or you know two two quid five quid whatever it is like Mm -hmm. why is chrono trigger still not available on the switch it's madness (laughs) anyway nina i'm saving this one because i feel like i feel like we we need to talk about this one a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to fire it back over to you because there's a game here I've never, ever heard of. And I feel like I'm going to do disservice to it because um, Pete's not here to, to talk about it. So I'm going to ha- fire it over to you to tell me what, yeah. about this game. Yeah, so both of uh, the next two of mine kind of fall along the same vein. They're both TCG games. And po- the first one, I mean, obviously Pokemon, trading card game. It's basically like height of pokemon kids are collecting cards they're playing the the games on their game boys and everything but why not mix them both it takes the pokemon trading card game it lets you buy packs build decks fight off gym leaders and everything it's really cool it's such it's one that's actually available on the 3DS eShop, if you want to check it out. It's pretty cheap. It's like, I don't know, six or seven bucks or something. And I bought it recently and played through and beat the story and everything. But I, what I love about TCG like video games, especially in those old days, my parents never bought me like Pokemon cards, trading <laughs> cards, any sort of thing like that. Like if I, I had to save up 
from doing like odd jobs here and there to get any of those. So getting these games, it was just like, finally, I can open a pack of Pokemon cards. <laughs> it's this digital little pack, but I don't care. It's mine and I love it. And so my next game kind of falls along that same vein. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Duel Stories. It's not a good game. <laughs> I mean, I remember loving it, but I also remember it being really weird and confusing, like on screen to control and everything. But the cool feature that it had was every Yu-Gi-Oh! card that you got, like a physical card, had a code on it. And you could enter those codes into the game oh, and wow. get your cards from real life into what? that. That is so cool. So that's like the precursor of what Pokemon's doing now, where you can take the training yeah. cards yeah. online. But back uh-huh. in, what, the 90s? Yeah, that that was... Uh, it was a Game Boy... It might have been a Game Boy Color game. I think it might have been a Game Boy Color game. But yeah, that was that, basically. The, the thing that Pokemon doesn't quite do that this game does, though, is that, like, you actually get the exact card for the code you're putting in. And whereas Pokemon Now, the online, they have their own little code cards, and what you get from those doesn't really reflect what you got in the pack that you just oh, got. So yeah, like so the random selection you get online if you put the code in. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So it's all random, but like Yu-Gi-Oh changed the game there by and I don't think the game has ever gone back to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, it, it was re- it was really fun playing those TCG games just because they were so much more expensive to get into, like I don't know, you pay 30 bucks for a Game Boy game or 30 bucks for what five packs of cards <laughs> that that won't build a deck for you <laughs> these the art for these pokemon look like the old cards yeah yeah they're like the base set card <laughs> arts uh i think so cool i think they have the jungle set in there they have like a, a couple maybe a few sets of the uh, like first pokemon cards that came out so it, it's really cool to go back to it and you played on your 3ds and i'm just like i want more people to see it on the switch too that'd be fun yeah this it's needs really to definitely cool. needs to come to switch and if it doesn't come like in its original form this needs remaking because it's such a cool yeah. concept and i feel like mm-hmm. you can do so much more with it now as a trainer yeah. game the problem is i feel like this would be most suited to mobile and I feel like mm-hmm. they would then make it like in-app purchases, you buy an actual yeah. booster pack and all of that stuff. I feel like that's the way this would go as a modern game. It sort of feels like this, you don't get this kind of game. I didn't even know this this kind of thing existed. This is so cool. Yeah. yeah, and you know, this is the age of link cables too. So I think you could actually like play against your friends and stuff. So if they added that type of feature, because a lot of the... Like the uh, NES and SNES apps right now do let you play those two-player modes. And I'm just like, oh, man, mm-hmm. imagine being able to connect on your Game Boys and du- and duel each other, play around a Pokemon, whatever. It'd be cool. Oh, yeah. That would, it, would, it would be. Uh, did you ever play this with like, Link Cable? Did, you, did either of you ever use Link Cables? I feel like I missed out. I never had... <laughs> link cable and i never ever used the ir feature on the game boy color either did either of you use that i had three link cables because the the, the game, there was specifically like the game boy advance ones um because you could do up to four players but you needed three of them for it to actually happen <laughs> they had 
basically a wire, a little box in the middle of the wire where you could plug in another link cable and then add somebody else. And then off of that link cable, you'd have to then plug in another link cable to add that fourth person. Uh, So it was, it was complicated for sure, but that was something I did a lot with, um, I think it was Bomberman Tournament. I think I'd mentioned this game to you before. It was a Game Boy Advance game. And the story, the single player was like, unlike any other Bomberman, it was like a monster gathering RPG type of game. But the multiplayer was like regular Bomberman blowing each other up and stuff. So I played a lot of that. Wow. But yeah, that's that's it's crazy that this this all of these kind of things came to the Game Boy. Do you know I had I'm realizing I had so few games on the Game Boy that there is just a, <laughs> a whole collection out there that I could be tapping into. Um, I think that's kind of what I'm hoping for when it, when it finally does come to to Switch. Um, I'm just going to quickly blast through my final three. One of which mm-hmm. I actually played; the other two I didn't. There, so. Um, I pl- I played uh, Tomb Raider on the Game Boy Color, um, which crazily had a Tomb Raider port. So this is just a standard platformer, 2D platformer. Um, it's unrelated to any other Tomb Raider game. But you play Lara Croft and you run around and you're raiding tombs. And um, it was just fun. I love Tomb Raider on the PlayStation 1. And to be able to have like a version of it on the go, even though it was a very different game, was fun. Um I kind of think this was a little bit of a Metroidvania, if I remember correctly, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, in any case, I loved this game. Um, and the then... Awesome. Sorry, what were you saying, Nina? Sorry, the art looks awesome. Yeah, it's... it's um, the, the screen on the Game Boy really did this game a disservice on the Game Boy Color screen. Uh, it didn't look too great, if I'm honest, because there was no backlight and you really couldn't see that thing. Everything just would look yeah. like one tone. But having look like looking at the footage on, um, you know, we're playing some uh, YouTube long play, and uh, it really is so detailed and colorful, and the sprites just look great. It really is a a, a good looking game. Sadly, I feel like this is one of those games that's not going to come to the switch because it's tomb raider and because that license is still making games now and it's still Mm. a popular franchise i just don't see it coming um Mm. which leads me on to my next game which did either of you know there was a grand theft auto game on the game boy color (laughs) (laughs) i certainly did not but apparently gta 2 came to the game boy color and i think it's just it's a faithful remake of the the uh, PS1 game on Game Boy Color, which is just wild to me. And it's unsurprising I had no idea this existed because what responsible parent is buying their six or seven-year-old GTA (laughs) for the Game Boy Color? It's just, it's not going to happen. But man, like it's a perfect setting for it because it's top down. Like the first two uh, GTAs were, you walk around, you get your missions, you get your cars, and you just you go around the place. It would have been so cool to have this on the go. And it's another one of those ones I just had no idea existed. This oh is gosh. amazing. This I <laughs> it almost reminds me of like in a strange way, Oregon Trail. 
the way that you can like see the bullets flying at you. It's like when you're hunting in Oregon Trail and you can like follow your bullets. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. That's what the bullets are like in this. And that's what the the top down shooting is like in the James Bond game as well, where you see the the bullets moving. That's so cool. (laughs) It's like a one by one pixel that moves across the screen. Oh, it's incredible. I want to play this. Yeah, well, then, I love it. I would play it for sure. Then yeah. I found out there was a Resident Evil game on the Game Boy Color as well. Resident Evil I... Gaiden. Again, oh. I had no idea. Um, and then, you know, friend of the show, Ray, pointed me to a cancelled 3D Resident Evil port for the GBA, which is just wild. And I'll I'll have to find a link for it. I'll get ready to post it in the Discord because it's insane that they were like trying to bring the original Resident Evil to the to the GBA. But the fact that there was a Resident Evil on the Game Boy Color is madness. Absolute madness. Yeah, this is like this Nintendo trying out different genres before they figured out who they wanted to be. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is. I think it was like we've got this Resident Evil brand. And we want to get something on the the Game Boy, but we obviously can't bring the the game that we've got at the moment. So we'll stick a the Gaiden title on it. And I think the the logic behind it was probably they wanted it to be like Ninja Gaiden or something. I don't know. It's like you know they know that moniker. Slap it together. But this looks like a, a Metroidvania. You're wandering around the place. You're trying to find uh, you know bits and pieces and passes and all sorts of stuff to get to where you need to go and there's some zombie stuff in there but let's be honest that's yeah it's not really survival horror because you're not exactly going to get scared to death by a zombie coming to eat you or when it's like a block i mean nina will (laughs) (laughs) it's true (laughs) a zombie game's not your thing i i just scare easily (laughs) ah fair enough yeah yeah I, I love this, but I think this is just like a product of the 90s for sure. It was just the most violent time in yeah. our lives. <laughs> so that, that's when you saw like the height of Mortal Kombat coming to, <laughs> coming to Nintendo consoles and stuff. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Rip the spines out. Yeah, but yeah. the, the uh, Nintendo version was like toned down compared to the Genesis where, you know, you had real like red blood. I think the blood on the... Uh, the SNES was um, green or, or there just was no blood at all. It was bizarre, the things they liked home down then. Because there was no, there was no um, like, ESRB or Peggy or any of that stuff, was there? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like a weird time. But yeah, I, I'm surprised that any of these were on the Game Boy. These are all new games as far as I'm concerned. For real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Chewie, I, w- uh, I want to ha- pass it over to you for your last one, and then we'll we'll round up with Nina's final, like, <laughs> actual Game Boy game before we move into some of the games. Like, just briefly touch on, before we wrap up, um, what games we would love to come on other platforms. Because there was that rumor that potentially there's going to be other retro platforms coming. Just, like, what platforms mm-hmm. we'd like, and then um, we'll close out the show. Um, we did have another yeah. another topic like we were going to touch on, but we've gone way long on the Game Boy stuff, so I think we're going to have to have <laughs> Nina on again another week to, to go through that one. 
Yeah, for sure. So my last one is Mario Tennis, and this was I don't know I don't remember Game Boy, Game Boy Color, one of those two. But this is basically like the game for people who want like a sports RPG type of thing. Um, we we've seen it kind of come back through things like Golf Story, and you know people are waiting for Sports Story now. But this felt like you got stats, you've got challenges you've got all these really cool worlds that you're walking through and you're talking to characters and stuff and learning about them and then oh yeah you can play tennis against mario that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah like mario tennis it's one that i also spent a lot of time with specifically there's like this these wall challenges where you're just hitting a tennis ball against the wall and you have to hit oh. like targets on there and the goal is to get like a hundred or something and I spent so many hours just trying and failing and trying and failing <laughs> that challenge. Um, but the, the, this is a game that I loved growing up. It was I didn't own it until um, I downloaded it on 3DS. It's another one that you can get on 3DS. So recommend you pick it up if you have a 3DS. But this is one that I borrowed from a friend, and I was I had so much trouble giving it back to him. I was like, I know I can beat this. Let me <laughs> just one more week. <laughs> so you did, you did give it back to him, unlike uh, your other friend's Game Boy, which you just somehow kept and never, ever gave back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, eventually I... I had to give it back, and it was a sad day. But now I have been able to relive it at least a little bit on the 3DS. So, how does it compare to the the Switch version? The Switch version, I'd say, it feels like a different game. Uh, I'd say I much prefer the story of this, like Game Boy one the switch one it's like fine they did their story mode thing you kind of go to each stage you've got a challenge and everything but this one like it has a hub world which i think is kind of key to give you that like rpg world you know um so i don't know i feel like i like this one a little bit better i kind of hope they go that direction and we've kind of seen it go that direction with um mario golf mario golf kind of lets you run around and talk to all these little Mario characters and get some tips and stuff. So it, it's going there, but I don't know. They haven't quite nailed it yet like this game did. Yeah. Yeah, This the, yeah. looking at this game, it looks very much like a golf story. It's got that similar style. Mm -hmm. You're going around, you're talking to people. I kind of feel, though, that Golf Story nailed that so well with its charm. It did. That, yeah, you know, I don't know, but maybe they can. Maybe maybe sports story is gonna replicate that because obviously it's by the same people. It will have that golf, uh, that tennis element in there. Maybe you feel like yeah. you won't need it, but you know, there's always appeal when you can fight against Mario <laughs> or, in my case, Toadette. Yeah, and I definitely want to praise Golf Story for nailing it a lot better than Nintendo kind of has in their last iterations of their sports games. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm stoked for Sports Story and definitely had a a lot of fun with Golf Story. These characters are adorable. They're you're just like playing against normal people until you have to eventually play against Mario. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of it. There, there's a whole cast of characters that kind of train you up to those to those games against the the Mushroom Kingdom crew. Oh, cool. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think then the final 
game on Nina's list, I think really just sums up the Game Boy as a whole. Yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. anyone that was into puzzle games and handheld consoles had this game. And it's like <laughs> got to be probably the most popular game on the Game Boy. The best seller. And I will mm -hmm. be surprised if it doesn't come to Switch Online because I think this specific version really epitomizes this game for a lot of people. Totally agree. So it's um, it's Tetris. It's just plain old Tetris. I <laughs> cannot get into Tetris 99 or whatever it is that they have on the Switch right now. Um, I just want my plain old Tetris. <laughs> and I want the same music that was on it from before. And I want it to go on forever. Like, <laughs> I, this was another one of those games, like I was saying about Pipe Dream, where it just went on and on, and it was the perfect time waster. You could play it on the bus, on the way to school, or whenever. Um, it was easy to take turns with, with someone. Like, if you're fighting with your brothers over what to play, Tetris is a pretty easy one. Um, I, I mean, who has not played Tetris? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like everyone who has played video games <laughs> really should have played Tetris if they haven't. And I think for for like I was saying, for most people, I feel like this is the version of Tetris that they remember and and associate with the game. That like music and the mm -hmm. specific like chip version of that music very much is is Tetris for a lot of people. And I feel like getting that on the Switch. With the same like multiple shades of gray that you got with uh, the original Game Boy, they will make a lot of people mm -hmm. happy. Plus, they've made a lot of changes to kind of t to Tetris since this uh, game released. You know, you have ghost tiles at the bottom now, so you can see where you are and things like that. Those aren't here, so like the rules mm -hmm. of Tetris have kind of changed a little bit. And I wonder if um, this is going to become, you know, a little bit of, uh, oh, I'm I'm so cool, you know, look at me, I can play with the classic <laughs> Tetris rules. Yeah, and I can I can hear that music to this right? day, just in my head. It just, <laughs> it, it can loop and loop and loop. <laughs> and I, I guess, remind me, I, I seem to remember when you were on the title screen, you could, like, click select or something, and it had, like, three different tracks, right? Yeah. That you yeah. could flip through. I love that. No I was just like, yeah, I think it, while you were on the title screen, you could just hit that button and it would change it. And you're mm -hmm. just like, oh, man, we got some different flavors going on here. <laughs> but all of them were classic. And kind of going back to that one, too, like, I don't know. I think every single Tetris game I pick up, no matter where oh, which one it is, it just feels different. Yeah. Like that original Game Boy one just feels like Tetris, whereas the other ones, there's just like something slightly different about it that it just doesn't have that same movement. And, and I, I mean, it, it might not be wrong because, I mean, obviously players are getting better and better at the game with these newer versions and everything, but... It just doesn't feel quite as right as that original version. <laughs> it doesn't need anything else. It's it's fine the way it is. <laughs> I, I guess that's not a good way to look at things. But I yeah, I and all of those soundtracks that you could choose at the beginning of the game were all still like I would come to find later in my life like classical music, like usually classical Russian music, which mm -hmm. like 
had no idea that this game was introducing me <laughs> to like actual music. I, yeah, this, it, I mean, and I'm watching like some gameplay right now. It just, that's all I need in life is this like nice simplicity right here. Yeah, because isn't the title screen kind of like, is that Moscow? Like little 8-bit version of Moscow <laughs> with all yeah. those buildings and stuff. It's the, it's the palace. I can't remember the name of it, but it's, you know, the one with the, you know, it always reminds oh, me of. St. Basil's? I, it reminds me of, of Disney World. Like the Slam Town of Castle or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's St. Basil's Cathedral. I think well, it's the, it's, is it, is it, or is it the Kremlin? I, I don't know. Oh, maybe. But it yeah. says, um, you know, original concept design and program by Alexei Pizitnov. It's that, nice to know he's credited because this yeah. game basically has nothing to do with him anymore. And he, it's it's quite a sad story. I think a lot, most people know the story of Tetris, how he came up with it and then it basically got stolen and taken off of him because uh, yeah. of how Russia was managed back then. Mm-hmm. But at least it gives some backstory to the uh, to the classical music and to the uh, architecture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's lost all of its Russian theming since then. Which mm-hmm. I think is kind of a little bit sad. It's it's just gone. You know, you know what Tetris is. You see that little Tetris T T Tetronimo, and all of the colors and the music that goes with it. But it somehow it's like not the original. Now, I don't know where that came from, <laughs> the modern Tetris, because it yeah. certainly wasn't from the Nintendo versions. Because the NES version of Tetris had similar Russian music and Russian theming as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Cold War that kind of that to that. <laughs> Possibly. Like, kind of, you know, this, Russia's not really selling it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great history story. It would be. It would be, yeah. Yeah, we should we should do some research on that for sure. <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up the show, um, I'm curious as to... So Tom Phillips at Eurogamer said that they've heard that other retro platforms are also on the cards for the Switch Online service, which I am absolutely just 100% over the moon about because one of the best things about the Wii Virtual Console was the fact that you had... Systems outside of Nintendo available. So you had the Sega Master System, the Genesis. There was the mm-hmm. uh, the Turbo Graphics on there. Had a bunch of the old Hudson Soft games on the Turbo Graphics. There was a ton of systems that Nintendo didn't control that were available on the uh, Virtual Console. And were on the Virtual Console on the 3DS and on the Wii U. And then we lost that when it came to the Switch. So I'm hoping that these other retro platforms also include non-Nintendo systems. However, I would also really love cool. GBA. And I'm curious as to <laughs> what, what systems you that have, an, have an affinity with. I, I think... I feel like the one that we're going to see is probably like the Neo Geo stuff, since we've already seen them put so many of their games just on the platform in general. It just seems like... Yeah. Let's maybe they'll come out with some collection kind of thing. And because, it, I don't know, I feel like Nintendo's been chummy with them, just seeing so many games of theirs already. No, that's a really good call. I also think, though, like I was saying before, I, I kind of feel like a Game & Watch thing would be cool, or even like mm. a Nintendo arcade um, arcade collection, yeah. like Donkey Kong and 
I mean, that's the only Nintendo arcade game I can think of off the top of my head, but <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be others. Um, <laughs> and I would love to see some Sega stuff, but I kind of feel like they've done their own collections that you can purchase, and I don't feel like they want that included in, in Switch Online. It would just be eating into their their business. So I think they're out. Um Aside from that, I can't really think of any. I think Neo G is a good call. What about what about you, Nina? What would you love to see come? I know you had a couple of games on your list: Air Fortress from the NES and uh, Pokemon Sapphire from the Game Boy Advance. I think that's the only mainline Pokemon game that any of us brought up. So I'm glad that someone brought up a mainline Pokemon game because Pete, <laughs> Pete is probably screaming right now that not one of us mentioned a mainline Pete. Pokemon game. <laughs> well, because I I feel like Pokemon Sapphire was actually my f- first Pokemon game and that I kind of like went backwards from there but it was it was Game Boy Advance when I had it on the SP so I I you know I don't know if that one counts for Game Boy but talking about other consoles um one of my all-time favorite games that I played over and over again um was Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. Didn't either of you play that game? <laughs> I did. It was on PlayStation, so like, it no was. way it's going to come. But it, I feel like the art style just fits in really nicely with Nintendo games, so that would be really cool if they could do something with it. Yeah, that's an Insomniac I mean, game, so I that one's definitely staying on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the studio that makes Spider-Man. Um, that one's definitely yeah. staying over there, unfortunately. <laughs> I just loved the storyline when I was little. I like he like <laughs> Sly Cooper was unfortunately put in like that uh Robin Hood the Fox the Disney Fox category <laughs> for me growing up. It was like, oh, the voice acting is too good for this cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, Air Fortress like you brought up a second ago, my my older brother reminded me of this game and how hard it was. That that was an NES game. That was like this little like astronaut guy who would drop down from his ship and would have to do all these like little tasks. And I don't know what about it made it so hard, but it was so fun and so hard. And I love that one to come to um, come to switch online also. Yeah, I feel like you've got a very good chance of that one coming to switch online. Obviously, NES is already there. And, it, and I've never heard of this game. I don't know if Chewie has. And they're getting to the point where they're scraping the barrel for games that anyone's <laughs> ever heard of. So, so this this Air Fortress game probably stands a good chance. Uh, the other NES game I would love is Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu, I think it was. Is anyone, did either of you play that? I loved that game. The, the like, slight oriental-themed music. And, oh, it was, it was great. And you just play as like Jackie Chan and you just, you know beating everyone up i, I love jackie chan i do too <laughs> <laughs> that one sounds like fun yeah i think i think that wraps up uh the the game boy discussion then um as i said we did have something else planned i'm so sorry we didn't get to it you know we had so much to talk about when it comes to game boy stuff so i promise we will we will save that one and we will talk about it when we come on uh, when you come on again, um, which hopefully yeah. won't be won't be too long. Um, but thanks everyone for joining me, Nina. Before we close out, just remind everyone where they can find you online. So um, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm Grizzly Crossing on Twitter, and every once in a while, stream on YouTube at Grizzly Nina. Um, so you can find me at either place where I like doodle and talk. <laughs> 
Awesome. <laughs> and you're also co-host of uh, Haken with uh, with Chewy, right? That too, yeah. So um, We do that from time to time. To Come listen to us weekly. <laughs> talk about Animal Crossing, <laughs> our expertise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely go go listen to that. But it's the the podcast for Animal Crossing fans, I will say. <laughs> We're hitting episode two hundred next week. That is madness. Mm-hmm. Have you got anything special planned for it? Uh yeah. We just haven't figured it out yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone we'll stay tuned for that because I, you know, I I look forward to it. You'll have to tell me what tell me what you've got planned um, off mic. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Um, support us on Patreon. Find us on FlipScreen.games. All of that stuff. Pete usually does this. I, you know, it's it's midnight here. I'm I'm plugged out, so you know where we are. Uh, but thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.